We've got with us today our wellness consultant, Philip Rankin. Uh, today talking about adrenal fatigue, Philip. Thanks, Dave. Uh, probably the biggest cause and uh, problems of adrenal fatigue is we don't know how much stress we're under. So Peter Mullen has joined us again to... Uh, extract some of the 25 years of almost 25 years Peter in February next year coming up that knowledge so we're going to ask you and put you under pressure today adrenal fatigue Um, how do you know that you may have adrenal fatigue well as as we were talking about last week you know the the and last week was mental health week I think October is actually mental health month correct yes Um, stress is something that you know everybody's got experience with this day and age and one of the things that happens if that stress continues unrelenting unremitting over a period of time is eventually the body's going to start to show signs of exhaustion and obviously it's your adrenal glands that um, are our body's way of responding to stress so adrenal fatigue is when these glands start to decrease their production of those stress hormones so some of the symptoms that um, someone might experience is um, or the most common symptom is fatigue that's not relieved by sleep. Mm-hmm. So if, if someone wakes up in the morning and they're fatigued or they could roll over and go back to sleep, that we would see is definitely a sign of adrenal fatigue. Right, so it could be there eight hours or sometimes ten hours and they're getting up tired. Getting up tired in the morning, mm. yeah. Um, another one that um, is very common is craving for salt or salty foods, mm. you know, as opposed to sugar. You know, the adrenal glands... Um, um, need the minerals in magnesium and things like salt to actually produce the stress hormones. So if someone's chronically craving sweet um, salt, mm-hmm. or you know loves their packets of salt, salty chips. I've um, got my finger in the air. Here. Now, <laughs> now that's a that's a wonderful something to know. I mean, electric, electrical wise, where the electrical current's going through the body, if they start to wind down, we want to wind them back up again. Yeah, and actually, one of the other things with um. <clears throat> excuse me, adrenal fatigue is people that are busy while they're on the go, they're fine. And I know a lot of my patients like this, busy, 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 running off that adrenaline. As soon as they stop and sit down, they're nodding off on the lounge or they're falling asleep at 7 o'clock of the night time. So, so we're really talking abnormal stress. It's normal function for us to be in our everyday life to be at stress. That's how we work. Now, we're really going in now to abnormal stress that the body doesn't use in a healthy manner. Well, if you think when you when you when you're twenty, and you and I and Dave aren't that far away from twenty, <laughs> thank you. We can say that because again, no one can see us on radio, can they, Dave? No. <laughs> um, so when you're twenty, your stress response probably sits at a five out of ten, and I see this a lot with 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 young mums particularly, but men as well. Over time, you know, once you get married and have children, get a mortgage, have a serious job, your stress response just starts to increase. Like every day, you're running off more and more adrenaline. So your stress response now might sit at a 7 or an 8 out of 10, mm-hmm. which again, through those early years, you've got your youth, you can sort of run at that pace, stay up late, you know, difficulty, you know, you wake up fine in the morning. But it, it doesn't have to be even traumatic stress or traumatic life events that can trigger this. It's that unrelenting, persistent pace of life that can contribute to adrenal fatigue. Okay. In the in the sense of um, feeling low, feeling down, we're we're talking now. We're stepping into a, a mild depression. Absolutely, and and I suspect that um, for a lot of people that are showing the early signs of maybe both anxiety and depression, adrenal fatigue can get definitely be one of the triggers of the causes. So, it sort of makes sense to try and address some of the issues there rather than just go down the 
the the track of um, a diagnosis um, unless someone does actually have depression. And added from that, I'm sure that there's a decrease in productivity. Uh, You've mentioned earlier here uh, some lightheadedness. What happens in a sense if you've got adrenal fatigue, you're not aware of it, you stand up and you get lightheaded? Well, your adrenals are part of your body's response to change in pressure. So change in position. So when you stand up, your adrenals should kick in to keep your blood pressure up. Mm-hmm. But if your adrenals are exhausted, people that stand up quick and get a bit dizzy or woozy or lightheaded, that can definitely be an indication of um, adrenal fatigue. Uh, recovering from an illness or injury. Uh, again, you mentioned we get a wonderful time with you while you're here. Uh, you mentioned a delay in that injury time or, or getting well. Yep, yep, delayed uh, delayed healing. So people that get, um, I had a young girl come to see me last week. <clears throat> that um, <clears throat> excuse me, if I swallowed a frog. I think <laughs> it's all right. um, a young girl come to see me last week that this year has got cold after cold after cold after cold. So, you know, to me that's definitely a sign of stress burnout if not heading down that path. We're talking about areas uh, including home, work life, relationships, physical and psychological stress. And in in a sense, a abnormal level of stress. Uh, Peter, you've been to the seminar in Sydney early this year on adrenal fatigue. Uh, t- tell us a little bit more. What is actual adrenal fatigue? Well, if you, if you sort of think back to like... Um, as you were saying, stress is a normal part of our everyday to day function, and uh, part of our brain's designed to cope quite well you know with this and everyone's aware I think we were talking last week in stress about the fight flight or freeze right. yes and um the body's designed to sort of cope with short bursts of stress and then basically you have a rest so once you've run away from the saber toothed tiger, you yes. know you want to sort of sit back and chew the grass know, chew the grass. Yeah. But unfortunately, we're, we're sort of running away from those saber-toothed tigers every day. So your adrenal glands are two very small glands that sit on top of your kidneys. And uh, one of the th- interesting th- things they said at this seminar was that if our adrenal glands had... Or the, 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 the stress that the average caveman experienced in his whole lifetime would be equivalent to the stress that we might experience in 12 months. Mm. So if our adrenal glands had evolved over time to help us cope and function to the pace that we all expect these days, then our adrenal glands would be the size of two small footballs. We've got a phone call for you right now. We've got joining us from East Maitland, Helen. Good afternoon, Helen. Hello. Welcome. What could I do to help the arthritis? Uh, yeah, what sort of arthritis is it, Helen? Osteo. Osteo. Um, as you're probably aware, um, osteoarthritis is a... Um, a degenerative type of arthritis, often aggravated by wear and tear over a period of time um, to the point where the body can't keep repairing the, the damage. So um, from a dietary point of view, um, cutting down on acid-forming foods, so cutting down a lot of animal protein particularly, um, pursuing a more vegetarian sort of option, you know, including fish and chicken. Um, taking apple cider vinegar. Now, we were talking about apple cider vinegar with gut health last week. And apple cider vinegar um, in water, you know, maybe a few meals three times a day, actually helps to make your body chemistry more alkaline. So with arthritis, you really want to look at ways of making your body chemistry 
more alkaline as opposed to acidic. Does that make sense? And then, yeah. and Helen, there's so many things you can do. I mean, just it, just briefly, you don't have to have it. Um, partly uh, what Peter's explaining there, there's a mineral deficiency in the body. The pH may be out of order. And, it, and it's just a matter of if you're willing to take the steps to make some changes, um, we can certainly help you eliminate that arthritis and, and if not, give you a great uh, sense of ease and comfort from that. So thanks for calling in, Helen. We appreciate that. Okay. Thank you, Helen. Um, interesting, the, uh, the st- what eliminates out of the body in a stressful situation, in like Helen's arthritis, if the body's at abnormal stress for too long, then, of course, dis-ease that we talk about sets in and she now is moving away from her body's sense of ease. Yes, absolutely. And um, pH, one of the things that that can give you a bit of an idea, like in Helen's case particularly, um, her body would most likely be under acid stress. So pursuing, as we said, a more alkaline diet, um, apple cider vinegar, things to help make the body chemistry more alkaline. Um, But stress can can sort of show up in all sorts of avenues, you know, and often stress will bring to light more family history. So in Helen's case particularly, she may well have had a family history of osteoarthritis. Mm. So that's part of the, the... the challenge sometimes with understanding your family history is it can give you the heads up about what you need to be more conscious of. And, and there's a today in the natural healing world, as in the allopathic world, both sides now have wonderful measurement tools. There's a there's a there's a stream of information that can have an exactness around the measurement of the body's biochemistry to really understand how to change. Yeah, well, I think that's an interesting point because I, I think. Because our health changes or can change just slowly over a period of time, we don't always realise that we're out of balance. And sometimes we sort of get used to feeling the way we are and not sort of thinking, well, maybe I could feel a lot weller, maybe I could have a lot more energy, you know, maybe I could have a lot more vitality and joy if, if than what I actually currently do. Well, well how, how many people do that come in that you see... In it, for example, that you'll take those measurements and, and do the analytical data that don't realise they're, they're in a stressful zone. From, from, from our point of view, again, from a naturopathic point of view, we, do, we tend to view, view health differently um, in the sense that like our assessments give us a really accurate description of where someone's whole health's up to. So we look at things like adrenal fatigue, we look at um, things like leaky gut, liver stress, um, and I love testing and retesting because I think it's not only is it good for me to see that we're on the right track, I think it's good for people to firstly you know, be able to assess where their, where their actual health is up to, but then to actually see that it is improving. Yeah, if we, if we can measure it, we can manage it. It's Health and Wellbeing for our sponsor Balance Australia and our wellness consultant Philip Rankin offers some solutions now for our topic of the day, which is adrenal fatigue. This is what we're passionate about, really to make a difference and, and offer the solutions in a, in a, as a holistic view, Dave. Uh, Peter, some of the strategies for managing stress or at least um, acknowledging, firstly, maybe your level of stress. What, is, what are the strategies we can start to, easy ones to start with, so it's not stressful? <laughs> That's right. We don't want to be stressed trying to help our stress. That's right. Um, one of the, one of the um, interesting um, assessments that, that we actually do is, and we use it as an overview, is iridology. And by looking at someone's iris, like it's not a diagnosis, but it gives us a good idea of strengths and inherent weaknesses 
as well as potential problem areas. But what I say to a lot of my clients is if they're what we call an AT or an anxiety titanic type, which I think you are, Philip, yes, correct, actually. Correct. Um, it, 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 and it took me a while when I was younger growing up to realize this, that I'm an AT as well. And us ATs generally are highly strung. Fast nervous system like to be busy. So part of our challenge is for us to learn to be in charge of our nervous system, not our nervous system running us. So iridology is good because once you sort of recognize how you are is perfectly the way you're supposed to be and everyone's different. Everyone copes with stress differently. Some people cope with stress by you know, being flat out and busy and thrive on it. Other people cope with two things and then they're exhausted. So I think firstly, understanding that the way you are is perfectly the way you're supposed to be, but find ways that work for you. Um, you are, you are, you may be doing the HSC right now. You may have physical or emotional abuse, maybe workplace harassment. All of that causes stress. Every, and we're tr- looking at treating every single person on an individual basis. Yep, yep. Well, three, three, three top tips for treating adrenal fatigue. <clears throat> There's that frog again. Yeah. Um, number one is sleep. Yes. And one of the problems with people with that have adrenal fatigue and stress burnout is they can have sleep problems. But um, getting to bed of a night time, you know, the, the, the hours before midnight, you know, are worth more than the hours after midnight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, trying to retrain because a lot of people with adrenal fatigue are exhausted during the day and then they can, you know, get caught up staying up too late of a night time. So getting in bed of a night time well and truly before 10.30. Um the second factor, so improving your sleep quality. The second factor is, from a dietary point of view, trying to eat in such a way that you really stabilise your blood sugar levels. You know, a lot of people with adrenal fatigue, you know, use stimulants during the day. You know, cup after cup of coffee. Yes. And then things like alcohol at night time to calm back down. Or sugars, high carbs, high sugars. Um, Tea, yeah, carb. We mentioned last week they're eating to their frequency. They're they're high and they're eating high high fast foods. High fast foods that just keep them revved up. So, you know, small meals more regularly. You know, sometimes people with adrenal fatigue need to, you know, have breakfast and morning tea, lunch, afternoon tea, and trying to include a protein, carb, and fat at each of those snacks. So they they don't have this roller coaster of their sugar shooting up That's and the sugar crashing down because that really exacerbates anxiety and nervous system issues. So, and the third factor is probably more from a nutritional point of view. You know, the adrenals need good nutrition. The adrenals need good quality protein. Um, the adrenals need nutrients such as your whole range of B vitamins. Vitamin C is one of the most important nutrients for adrenal health. Mm-hmm. Um, magnesium. So getting your nutrition sort of assessed or checked and then working out a program to support the adrenals um, and herbal medicine is awesome for anyone that's suffering from adrenal fatigue or chronic fatigue or any of the fatigues. Yeah, and I'd just like to add to that then. Um, we often talk about um, getting fit. More important to exercise or move rather than to get fit in this state. So added, added to that with that movement, a good sleep, a dietary program and some nutritional supplements Nutritional medicines to to really try and repair the wear and tear. Yeah, and that's a good point. Nutritional medicines is is a different way of thinking about it rather than supplements. I mean, when we talk about supplements, we're actually talking about food. The very minerals or the nutrition that we're talking about is in the food, but it's not enough of it. And that's maybe, right. Maybe our biochemistry can't get the not enough of it out of that food. Um, 
that it's an important thing to um, to note here. If you're thinking that the, a good hard workout at the gym is going to be your answer, it's really an overall uh, holistic program. Movement's more important than getting fit or getting well first rather than is an overall program. And breathing. And breathing. That's important, I think, to keep breathing. And, and well, for the very fact that the liver, one of the uh, main ingredients of, of the oxygen is the primary ingredient. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it helps us live. And if mm. people would like more details, what's that phone number they can call for you, Philip? Uh, call call uh, 044-888-3838. And we've got some wonderful um, discussions and forums that will go in depth to this you know, ongoingly. So I'd love to hear from you. We're there to support a holistic approach. You really, uh, to Helen, you don't have to have what you do have if you're prepared to make some choices, some different choices, and make a decision to um, talk about it, um, ask questions. Uh, to, you can minimise, come back, bring the body back to ease, and hopefully reduce or eliminate that arthritis. And that's our health and wellbeing. Thank you, gentlemen. Back again next Tuesday. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave.